I mean, at 13, you're beyond like 13 and three quarters style, like saying <laughs> that kind of thing. Okay, there is a point where some where people were like, oh, you're 13, like kind of like being shady. And I was like, actually, I'm 13 and three quarters in two months. <laughs> I, I, was like, I was like, what? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just trying to one up those people. Well, because here's the thing. If someone's being shady about you being 13, I got to be honest, they're not going to be that much less shady if you're 14. <laughs> they're not going to be like, oh, wow, you're 14? Like, I take it all back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. These tools are for you to Hey, I'm Dave Marr. Welcome to This Is Your Afterlife, conversations with artists and activists about death and life. My guest this week is Caitlin Savato, the, well, now 14-year-old activist and organizer here in Chicago. I say now because today is her birthday. So at the links in the show notes, get on Twitter and wish her happy birthday. Caitlin came to my attention at the end of last year, 2020, when she had a very spicy speech to city council ahead of Chicago's very regressive, fucked up budget that was just barely passed. But she gave him what for in the public comments, and that made the rounds, and she's done a lot of other planning of direct actions and we've been kind of on the fringes of each other's spaces we have some mutual friends in common and i follow her on twitter and i just love what she does and i love her attitude and i was like i want to hear what you know at the time a 13 year old thinks about the fucking afterlife and about you know what is a 13 year old what's the what's the memory they want to relive over and over so i hope uh, for Caitlin's sake, this can be just a fun thing she looks back on uh, whenever she wants to be like, oh, yeah, that's who I was when I was 13. And it was pretty fucking cool. And I will also mention that in this episode, there is some talk kind of casually about suicidal ideation. Um, we don't go into super detail, but it's something both of us have dealt with. Um, and she's, you know, it, it happens for her, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know exactly where her mental health was. It seemed good when we talked, but without making any assumptions, it is a thing with which she occasionally still struggles, uh, is what I'll say. So not super in depth. I mean, I feel like hopefully there's a little bit of a content warning always when you're popping on the death podcast, but just be aware of that. Um, I hope we, we handled it well. I will also mention my Patreon. If you want to support this show, I imagine there are a lot of new people who know Caitlin, uh, which is great. Enjoy the episode. Uh, let me know what you think. You can email me at thisisdavemar at gmail.com. And I also have a Patreon. So if you enjoy this episode, if you have been enjoying This Is Your Afterlife for a while, um, I, I yeah, the, the work isn't free to make. It takes a lot of time. And I the support really, really means a lot to me. So you can hear extended episodes, which this week means a lot more background 
on Caitlin's sort of organizing journey and some extended clips as well, extended versions of the segments and, and segments that aren't uh, included that are, that are cut for time to keep them short. So that is the deal with the Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash Dave Marr. My pigeon level patrons are the ones who get a shout out every week. And this week, that is Kurt Chang, Katie Llewellyn, Fred Fidawa, and Susie Carroll. So thank you to those people. Uh, thank you to you for listening. I hope you like this episode and wish a happy birthday to our guest, Caitlin Savato. I grab your whip and take it back to Chi-Town. When I'm in Chi-Town, I treat it like it's... I'm like, what questions can I ask Caitlin that like people don't normally ask Caitlin? And this is just something that's been on my mind from attending my high school's local, my local, not the high school I went to, my local high school's local school council meetings. Mm-hmm. I'm not on the local school council. And mm-hmm. that is, and I don't have kids and that freaks them out so much. They're, they do not know what to do with me. They're like, why is this man in his thirties attending our school meeting? We don't know. Like, why do you care so much? And I'm like, I care because I don't want your kids to die. You know what I mean? Like, that's like the thing. But but the way they talk to their student rep is always so – they're like, thank you. that Again, that was so good. You are so – thank you so much for all your help. And it feels condescending to me. Even though they're they're like gassing her up, it feels very condescending to me. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering what are the ways that you feel – Adults, like it does, do you ever feel condescended to by compliments from adults? Um, so I, I don't know. Okay, wait, kind of stupid. What does condescending mean? That's great. That's great. I'm so glad you asked. At any point, ask me that because here's the thing. I'll tell you where I'm at. Over the last couple years, you can see some gray in my beard, right? Like I've had... <laughs> I'm 36, right? So I'm not I'm not that old. I don't think, you know, maybe to you, like maybe, I don't know. Don't tell me. I don't want to know if you think I'm old or not. But I don't I don't feel old. But in the last couple of years, um, people start responding to me like I'm old. And here's the thing mm-hmm. is like uh I I don't know who who is like I I saw that one thing you tweeted about like who gets the aux cable and I was like Okay, I know most of these artists. Like, uh, I think the main one I don't know that well is like Moneybag Yo. Um, but like, at some point, you're gonna reference Moneybag Yo, and people are gonna be like, "Who the fuck are you talking about?" Right? So, like, in 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 twenty years, that's gonna happen to you, and that's what's been happening to me recently. So, if at any point I say some shit that you're just like, "What are you talking about?" Definitely do what you just did. Condescending means, um talking down to you it's like they're talking to you like you're not on the same level they're looking down at you mm-hmm. and they're acting better than you they're pretending like um or or sometimes like patting you on the head a little bit and that's what these compliments in these local school council meetings feel like they're like really good job you were so you're so right on you know what I mean? So do you ever yeah. get that from adults? Like that feeling of like, you're saying nice things to me, but I don't think you actually respect me. Yeah. So I think, so adults that I'm in community with, like when they give me compliments, like I was just in a meeting 
And I got like uh, a shout out from one of our leaders and just kind of being like, Caitlin, our youth, like kind of led these rallies, like just like, so that like, I feel fine with. I think it's mainly on social media when people kind of take my words out of context or like people will be like, oh, she's an activist or like things like that. It's mainly people on Twitter that kind of like speak down on me. And even then it's like, I hate being perceived. I hate when people don't know the full story. Like people will never know the full story about me. I mean, if they want to know, I will tell them. Um, but they will never know the full story. And so I hate when people make assumptions about me um, and like how my life is. And so I think yesterday I tweeted something about my parents and like how my like something like how I can never satisfy or please my parents, because that's true. Um, it's also it's a little bit personal, but it's also like that kind of happens with a lot of kids, which is understandable. But my situation is a little bit different. Um but someone tweeted and it was like, oh, you're going to like appreciate your parents later. And it's like kind of telling me like, oh, you're the kid. Everyone goes through this. And it's like, no, you don't understand mm. my situation. Please don't tell me what I'm going through right now. And so that kind of made me mad. Um, and, and so it's mainly just when adults, I, I think it's not like I'm on your same level because I'm not. You're older than me. You've had a little bit more experience, but it's also like, I'm younger than you. I've lived on this war. I've lived on this planet a lot less time than you. And it's like, I've still seen so a lot. I've seen a lot of things. I've seen a lot of happy things, <laughs> yeah. crazy things. I've seen people have sex on the green line. So <laughs> <laughs> you're like, listen, I've had, I've seen people have sex on the green line. That's all you need to know. That's our starting point. Okay. Green line <laughs> does get wild, man. It does. Um, <laughs> What do you hope happens when you die? I would hope that my kids, or because I want to adopt kids. I don't want to have my own kids. Um, maybe one of my own, but I want to adopt kids, like, for sure. Um, I would hope that, like, my kids kind of, like, they feel like I gave them a world where they felt like they were cared for and loved and, like, where they could thrive. And I also want to make sure that, like, the people who, like, were surrounded by me and, like, the people who have, I've always been in community with, like, feel the same. Um, I want to make sure that, like, I, because I don't think I have the ability to do so. I'm not an elected official. I can't write legislation. I can't change anything. But I would hope that somehow my existence kind of had that impact where someone felt like, wow, she really makes me feel like I'm loved or, like, like I can fight because even like whenever I'm at direct actions, uh, the last two rallies that we um, held, I like told like every single time, like I was always like, I love you guys. I love you guys so much. Um, before the, the rally in the 19th ward, I was just explaining to those people, like you guys are my family. Like, I feel like you guys are all, all that I have. Like, I love you so much. Even if I don't know you, I love you. Um, and I just always want to make sure that people feel loved by my presence. What about, do you have any thoughts about your consciousness afterward in terms of what you imagine happening? Um, okay, can you kind of like, I don't know. Um, like, what, like, like what world do you think? Like, or like how, like, 
I don't I don't really understand that question. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get you. Like it basically what do you I think I I love what you said about other people. But mm-hmm. personally, you know, in your brain, in your awareness, you know, you die, whatever happens, lights go out or light at the end of the tunnel or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then what? Like afterlife style. Like, do you have any, what would your, what would you want the afterlife to be? Oh, um, I don't know. I think I, I would really want to be like reunited with just like everyone. Um, I, yeah, I would really want to be reunited with like just people that I've been in community with, but also I just want to, I would want to be in that like world of like, not like everything is perfect. Like we're all okay. Um, but just a world where like kind of like the opposite of the world that we live in. Cause right now, like our world, we don't live in a world where it's like, we take care of each other. We are in a community where it's like, we take care of each other, but we don't live in that world. Not everyone's world is like, I take care of you. You take care of me. Like, it's just the default. That's not our default. Like we have to learn that we have to learn how to take care of each other. And I would want to live in a, in a, in like an afterlife where it's like, that's the default. Like I'm taking care of you. You're taking care of me, not for any cost, like not for anything, just out of love, just because I love you. Paint your hell. If you could have a hell custom designed, for you what would what would it be um lori lightfoot pointing her finger at my face every single minute telling me that i need to do something like you need to do this you need to go get me coffee you need to (laughs) you need to go on a walk you need to walk my dog you need to babysit like lori lightfoot just telling me what to do like even like imagine her emails like in real life like I need my office time. I need my office time. Like her just screaming at me. I need my office time. I need my, like just that. That's my hell. That's like, that's how I would imagine helping. Like, because not only is it this short, I don't even know. Is she short? The short lady. She seems short. Yeah. Short lady in a suit, weird haircut, huge (laughs) forehead telling me what to do. And like, sometimes I'm not going to lie. Sometimes her suits are nice. Sometimes they're cute. Other times, what? Like, what? what? You're you're literally the first person ever who has said sometimes Lori's suits are cute. No, I've never heard anyone say even close to that. What? Name one time sometimes. you got to send me. You got to email me a picture of a cute suit you've seen Lori in because I have never seen that. Okay, I will. Okay, imagine if Lori had like a pride suit. Like, imagine if she had like a rainbow suit, like <laughs> white and rainbow, like yeah, and like and just yelling at me and telling me what to do. Like, that's my hell. Oh, you you okay? So her in a nice suit or in just like a loud suit is is your is your hell? I would say like a custom suit, like a suit where it's like. She told, like, she was yelling at the people and telling them, like, what exact design she wanted on the suit. Like, just that kind of suit. And she also has that weird hat on, you know, the hat where, like, Tucker Carlson, like, (laughs) that hat, she has that hat on. She has a huge, no, a very loud, like, microphone and speaker system, too. So it's like, I can't ignore her. Like, she's like, 
every single minute just yelling at me telling what to do and you don't get a break she's telling you to go get coffee but you never have a break and you go get the coffee you're just there while she's pointing her finger and somehow also has a loudspeaker in a very extravagant suit telling you what to do yep and i feel like that's what she already does to like her (laughs) her office like on the day like her emails like that's kind of what i imagine except not a good suit like ugly suits she doesn't always wear the hat and she doesn't have that loudspeaker system so she just types in all caps like that's 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 their hell and i think that they're living that hell i i don't even know what it would be like working at her office or just being hired or like her staff i wonder what her chief of staff goes through we need to go fund me for Lori's chief of staff we need to go fund me for Lori's <laughs> for therapy <laughs> We need to go fund me for Lori's therapy too. Yeah. 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 Mandated. Yeah. Although that's not, I don't know how restorative or transformative that is to mandate her to go to therapy, but we got to figure it out for sure. (laughs) In this most recent one man show that I told you about shows called feed wolf ice cream. It's set in the afterlife and I'm introducing kind of features of this afterlife that I imagine. And one of these features is that you get to fully relive one memory. So of all the memories you have, you you still keep all your memories. But whenever you want one of those memories, but only one, you get to fully drop down into and relive however many times you want, whenever you want. So if that were a feature of the afterlife, what memory would you choose? Okay, I have to think about this one um, because there are like a lot of memories that I've had with like people recently where it's like I myself like I'll be like laying in bed and I'll just like think about that one memory over and over again because like I just felt like safe in that in that space. Um, I would say, oh, I have it. The like speaking, not speaking. We were shouting, walking down. What street is that? I think it was. We were in Logan Square. It was the treatment at trauma rally. Milwaukee. Um, yeah, Milwaukee, I think. Um, and we're screaming CPD KKK at the cops. And we we're like, how many kids did you kill today? And I don't know. Wait, shoot. Okay, I have to rethink this. Frick. I don't know. Okay, I have to think of a really good memory. Because I have a lot of good memories from like the past couple of weeks. That like I've just like been thinking about a lot. I would say it was after the rally where I like passed out in the grass because it was like super hot. People like pouring water in my hair and talk like being like, "Are you okay?" And then Cassandra comes up to me is like, "Do you want a sandwich? Like something bread based?" And I'm like, "Like I like I kind of like blacked out. I'm surprised that I remember this." And I'm like, "What the heck? Like I didn't I didn't feel like I was alive right there because it was like." pouring water on my head I'm like what the heck is that like asking me if I want something bread-based and I'm like it's a really awkward memory but in that moment I just felt so comforted and I just felt like everyone was there like just and present present for me and that was like super like people in my household like I'm not like I feel like I'm invisible most of the time so when I'm like in these spaces where people have their attention on me, it's like, whoa, like you care about me? Like, I this interesting to you? 
like that I always get super interested when people like show so much interest in me um but yeah I would say that memory and then also let me think I'm trying to think well, let me a, ask a clarifying question about this memory. You said you didn't feel like you were alive. Tell me yeah. what that means. Like, what was the like feeling? What does that mean? What is that like emotionally? What is that physically? Like, wh- what do you mean that you didn't feel like you were alive? Mainly because, so this has something to do with it. But whenever I go to the north side, I feel like I'm in this whole new world. Like nothing feels real to me. Um, and it's, it's not because like, oh, like it's not because I think that only wealthy white people live in the, on the North side. It's just because the architecture is so different from the South side on, from in the North side. Um, and just like community is really different too. Um, so it was kind of like, it, it wasn't like, oh, like I was like emotional. It was kind of like, whoa, like I'm in like this huge, like I'm in this space, right? And it's not like there's no negativity. There's no judgment. Like there's no one and there's no one here who has ever judged me or done anything else than like love me. And so they're here. They're pouring water in my hair. They're asking me if I want something bread based. Um, and, and they're just, why, why, why the fixation on the bread based? Or were you into the bread based or were you like, this is a weird, we like, this is a weird question. And you're like, yes, bread based. Yeah, it seems like Cassandra walked up to me and was like, do you want something bread-based? And I'm like, sure. And the sandwich, like, wasn't even good. I don't know if I told you this, so I don't know. <laughs> the sandwich wasn't even good. It tasted What kind like of sandwich banana. was it? I think she got me, like, turkey and, like, I think there was maybe ham or something else on it. It tasted it like bananas? Yeah, it tasted like bananas. That sounds nasty. <laughs> like, like. It wasn't supposed to taste like bananas. Well, it yeah, like bananas. Turkey usually isn't supposed to taste like bananas. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like not, and it's also like who asks someone if they want something bread based? Like it's just like I hadn't eaten, I hadn't eaten at all that day either. So it was like I was already like out of it. I'd been screaming at like cops. I had been screaming like walking down the street, yelling like treatment non trauma and all this different stuff. And it's like, you're asking me if I want something bread. <laughs> and it, it was like. Just the more like, you say it, the funnier it is to me just, say, just saying like bread based. I mean, I feel like I understand what she meant. I feel like bread based is like rather than like a fruit or something, it'll like get down into your stomach and maybe like ground you a little bit more. But I prefer to live in a world where it doesn't make sense and where it's just this meaningless phrase for you to hear like. Some like almost like in your in a in a TV show when you're like hearing one phrase repeated and and like the heart plays and it takes you to another world. It's like something bread based, something bread based, something bread based. You know? <laughs> yes, it was. It's okay. It's not weird to ask someone if they want like a sandwich or like do you want? It's it's different, like we're sick, right? Because when you're sick, like all that I eat is like toast with butter on it. So mm-hmm, that's like mm-hmm. that's where I kind of get the understanding from. But it wasn't like, do you want me to get you something to eat? Like, are you hungry? It was, do you want something bread based? And I was just like, <laughs> yeah, sure. I was like, sure. Like I was like, I didn't even think I said sure. I was like, I don't even care. Like I was so out of it. And she's like fanning me. And like asking me, like she was literally fanning me, asking me if I wanted something bread based. And I'm like, 
yeah, sure, whatever. Like, I just didn't, I didn't even care at that point. I couldn't even get up. Well, it's really interesting that, like, you would choose a memory like this because there are imperfect elements of it, right? There's, like, the weirdness of, as we've said, something bread-based. There is the banana-ass-tasted sandwich. Like, these are not, like, idea. It's not like when someone's like, oh, I imagine heaven, all the sandwiches taste like bananas. You know what I mean? It's like, no, 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 that's not part of it. But the things you're describing, it's like underneath, it's like there's so much care and the thought put into this that it doesn't even matter what the sandwich tastes like. It's just the the offer. Yeah, that's kind of how I was. And that's kind of like how I still am. It's that like, oh, like, oh, the sandwich was bad. It was like the fact that she cared enough to go and walk over and get me a sandwich and like something in a drink. Like, that's all that I was thinking about. And it was like, oh, the fact that like they're even like talking to me and just like being present. I was very present that day. That would I would say that was the one of the best days of my life. Um like there was nothing like that that whole day I wasn't on anyone's schedule I was on my own time I had even like walked to Target before the rally um I'd like gotten like pickles and some water for everyone um and it was like why do people okay I'll keep going keep going I I love Cassandra makes fun of me for eating pickles too I love pickles. No, I don't think it's weird. It's um, just like, you know, if you're if you're stocking up for an action, you need to get water and you need to get pickles. Make sure you have pickles for everybody. Like, what? What is that? But anyway, continue, continue. You're talking about how um, it was the best day of your life. That's more important. Yeah, it was like, and it was just, I was in this space. I, it was kind of, it kind of felt like a dome. Like, I'm in this dome and I feel safe and I'm with my favorite people doing my favorite thing. And it's like, that was like the best day ever. Like I would want to relive that day like over and over again. And even before I had gotten to Logan Square for the rally, like even then I had gotten on the train and I was still like in my own headspace. Um and even that day I was actually um I think it was I was a hundred days clean. It might have. I think it was I was hundred days clean from self-harm. No, I was three months clean from self-harm. And so it was just like the perfect Congratulations by the way. Thank you. Um, I'm actually 112 days now. Um, That's so good. Thank you. It was like, just like the setting of the day. It was a very nice day. Like the weather was awesome. Um, Like with the rally, everything was great. Like I was so present. Everything, the pictures from the rally, so dope. Um, Mm -hmm. And then after the rally, I get asked if I want something bread bread based. Um, and then, and then driving home, Cassandra let me ox. So she let, she let me Ooh, play some tunes. Okay. It's What'd funny because, so Cassandra knows about my obsession with Hamilton, which is super funny. And so whenever I plug in my phone into the ox, the first song that always comes on is Aaron Bursa. And so it's not deliberate. It's just because mm-hmm. my music goes from like A to Z. So like, that's right. the first that's the first song. And she's like, of course you would play something like this. And I'm like, no, like, no, I just plugged it in. And it just plays that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> But yeah. so I played, I played a little bit. I played Kanye. Um, which Kanye? Kanye what, like what era? Old Kanye. Kanye. Old which, Kanye. Which is old College Kanye to out. you? Okay, okay, okay. College Dropout. Um, my favorite song, oddly, on that, on the track. Well, two of my favorite songs. 
all falls down and then last call last call is like 12 minutes long mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but just the way that kanye just like perceives everything at that point was like super dope um it's like one line where he's like what do you say he's like i'm con the louis vuitton dom by my mama first now she's louis vuitton mom yeah and yeah, i always yeah. sing that i always put that song in the car with my mom and I like point to her and I'm like, now she's Louis Vuitton mom. <laughs> um, she's not Louis Vuitton mom. She's Caitlyn Tomato's mom. But it's 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 almost there. We're still there. We're getting there. Um, but yeah, I played a little bit of Kanye. I played, what else did I play? I had like a whole playlist for that day. Cause like oddly, whenever I get in like a mood or like a setting where it's like I want to remember this all the time, I make a playlist for it. And like the mm-hmm. songs that kind of make me feel like I'm still reliving that day um so I played a little bit of that and then I also played like Beyonce I think I played Stevie Wonder because I Cassandra likes it um what else did I play it there's like a whole playlist to it um yeah, yeah. but also like a little bit like some throwbacks as well but yeah so I'm in the car and we're driving home here's another memory from that day too and so she's driving and someone's honking at her I'm from the south side so drivers on the south side aren't nice. My mom's not a nice driver. My family members aren't nice drivers. Like, they, they get super mad, like, raging with, like, anger whenever someone, like, honks the <laughs> horn at them or just, like, is, like, driving like a grandpa. And so someone's honking at her, and she's driving so calmly. And I'm like, why are you driving so calmly? Like, why you dri- I was like, you drive like a grandma. I was like, <laughs> how does that not bother you? And she's like, they're behind me anyway, so it doesn't even matter. And I'm like, how? Like, I was like, do north, like, do most north siders drive like this? And then the next week, I'm in the car with Mary, um, who's a social worker with CTU, um, and she was driving like super calmly too. And she like didn't get mad when people were honking horns at her. And Wait, I'm is this like, Mary Defino? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so I was like, do north siders drive like this? Like, do they all drive so calmly? Because I've never been in the car with someone who drives this calm. What's your coma? So, I explained my coma to you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things I mentioned is I got sober after it. Not right after it, so it's not a clean narrative. But mm-hmm. what's a moment in your life, a moment of transformation where... Before you were one, Caitlin, and then after you became either a different version of yourself or a more a more you version of yourself, just any moment of transformation like that. I would say it's really hard to answer this because I'm still a kid, so like I'm always like growing. Yeah, of course, and like transforming. Um. Can I give like a negative point and yeah, then like yeah, yeah. a positive point? Sure, of course. Um, I would say one of my negative comas was 2019, and I'd say June or July. No, no, no. It was August because school was starting, um, and I actually had to go to a new school, um, which now I'm happy with, and like I'm glad that I didn't go to the same like predominantly white school with like racist kids. But mm-hmm. but like before that was kind of like I, I had that exposure of like knowing that those people were white and I was black and like just like that that different stuff. Um, those people were like my best friends, um, and we would like hang out every day. 
We would go to like basketball games. We'd go to Dunkin'. We'd walk to Starbucks. We went shopping. Like they were like my best friends. Um, and it's kind of like I lost that lifestyle in like August of 2019. And from like August of 2019 um, to I'd say even like, I'd say August of 2022 um, was just like a huge, like I didn't know myself. Um, During the summer of 2020 though, I kind of let go of those people. So it wasn't like I still missed them. And it was also at the point where racial uprisings were like above us. And like people like were like coming, it was kind of like a coming out era, right? It's like, oh, I'm Republican. Oh, I'm a Trump supporter. I support Black Lives Matter. And so those- You had kids like- you had people your age being like, oh, I'm, I'm Republican. I'm a Trump supporter. Yeah. That um, seems fake to me. I can't believe that anyone who's 13 years old is like, well, actually, maybe I can't. Maybe in some ways, like, not all 13-year-olds, but, like, the, Trump, Donald Trump kind of is for 13-year-olds in a way. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's, like, his core audience in a way. <laughs> like, the, the, the whack 13-year-olds, at least. Yeah. Okay, so you're there. The ones who what? The ones who like drink in the park and like do random stuff at night. Those like type of thirteen year olds, and like the ones who like cry when their mom tells them no. Um, but (laughs) so it was kind of like I was. It was also at the point in my organizing where like I was being more open with my organizing, Um, and it wasn't like I was focusing more on climate because climate is dope. I was focusing more on like racial injustice with my organizing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was like posting about it on my Instagram as well. Um, And it was at some point where I realized that those kids were not my friends. It was at some point where I realized that. Which kids, the kids at your new school or the kids from the previous school school that you used to hang out with a lot? Yeah. Okay. Um, So the kids who were like all white and, and like, yeah, they were all white. So the white kids. Basically. So, but why were they not your friends? Because you hadn't seen them in a while, or because they were starting to come out, kind of on the wrong side of the racial justice stuff. It was both. So it okay. was like I don't really know them anymore. It's mm-hmm. kind of like awkward. Um, you know, I'm into new things now, and like they're doing whatever. Like they're still like hanging out in parks and like walking to like walking to Dunkin', going to basketball games. Like they're still doing that stuff. But it was also like they were on the wrong side of racial injustice. And so it was also at the point where their friends who I didn't really know, um, but their friends were like DMing me, commenting on my posts, like saying that like they still do it now. But at that point, I wasn't really ready for it. I wasn't really prepared. Um, I didn't know that that's how they were coming. And so I like even saying got nasty like, stuff. Yeah. Like uh. calling me like racial slurs, calling me a monkey. I, uh. someone even told me, yeah. Someone even like told me that I, like I deserve to die or something. Jesus. Um, oh sending me like random videos and it was like, it was weird. Yeah. Um, that's one I way of saying it weird. <laughs> this is it, weird. <laughs> It was weird because it was like I used to hang out with you. Like I told you right, everything. Right, it's like, right. Now it's on like this different side. So another thing with that is that one of those kids, and it wasn't her that was doing this to me, but she was friends with those kids and she knows them. Was Alderman Madoche's daughter, who I had been best friends with, like mm. for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like 
he not a lot of people know this alderman matt o'shea would like take me home from basketball games i would go over his house we'd jump on his trampoline i would play with his dog like we would have laidovers at his house i remember one time i ate wendy's in his basement so it's like not like a stranger like i know alderman matt o'shea right um and i know what he's capable of like i know him on a personal level too um it was at one point i had biked to his house to see if his daughter was home because i was like oh like i want to hang out with her we haven't seen each other in a while um and alderman matt o'shea opens the door and he's like oh hey caitlin like what's up hadn't seen him in a while and he's like yeah everything's crazy now it was around july that time um and kind of now being in this organizing world and looking back at it i had like had just reflected on this recently and i was like whoa when i had biked to alderman matt o'shea's house that was right after he introduced the ordinance that would have officially announced that CPD's budget can't go under its current state unless it was up for a vote within the entire city. So after I had biked to his house, this man was literally putting black and brown communities in danger. And so that's kind of like me waking up from my coma, right? That's kind of like me just like realizing like, whoa, I was living in this world where being racist and, and like having these ideologies was normal and like, they're not normal. Like it's not okay to do that stuff. But that was like me waking up from my coma for sure. And that was like, it's, it sounds like there's the global like political perspective. That's the waking up, but it also sounds the thing that you said that feels really key to me is when you're talking about the people saying nasty stuff on Uh, It sounds like Instagram or maybe everywhere, but um, you said I wasn't prepared for it. And it sounds like maybe that's a thing that changed too, is you maybe, correct me if I'm wrong, know how to let that stuff slide off your back a little easier because you've been through the heat of like big moments like that. Is that, does that feel right? Yeah. I've had like a lot more, like those people, like they live in my neighborhood and in the 19th ward, everyone knows where everyone lives. If you ask me where the, there's like a bunch, there's like a ton of O'Connors, a ton of O'Shea's. Yeah, if you ask yeah. me where the O'Connors live, I can tell you, oh, they live on 102nd and Tallman. Like, it's like I, they don't actually live on 102nd yeah, and Tallman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, it, <laughs> but it's like I can point out where everyone lives and they can do the same to me. Um, That's the scary part. But on the other hand, it's like I'm more prepared now because these people, they don't know where I live. It's also like, people who are just trying to pick fights i've realized so like ctu may like quote tweet me or retweet me and people will be in my mentions talking about oh go do your job or like te- like mm-hmm. private school teachers are doing this and it's like i'll respond to them and be like hey bozo i'm not a teacher i'm a student you need to go get a life so it's like i can <laughs> actually respond to these people and like say whatever is on my mind now but back th- back like last year it was more so like what am i supposed to do with these people right. who are targeting me and who i also have personal con- connections with i do think there's something really refreshing about it. i don't know if it still is but in your twitter bio that it literally just says something like i am 13 years old like it feels very like both kind of confrontational very um functional like it serves a real purpose to be like you know, and it also kind of, if someone's about to like go ham on you to like, hopefully it, it probably doesn't, but hopefully it would like snap them out of it to be like, am I really about to say this to this 13 year old person? 
that's that's my default Twitter snapback. So I'll let them say something and then I'll respond. And then they'll say something else and it's be and then I'll be like, Well, you look dumb as fuck trying to argue with a 13 year old. And then they're like <laughs> like I just went back and forth with a 13 year old on Twitter. And I'm like, Yeah, that's like me having like I'm 13. That's in my such bio. a power move. It's not only like a flex to be like, yeah, I'm 13, like I'm out here doing this, but it's also like I'm 13. Please check yourself before you know you get into this. Yeah. Um, but it also gives people the right away to like. I remember one time it was under Alderman Raymond Lopez's like tweets or whatever, and like it was like one of his worshippers, and so <laughs> I had actually gotten suspended or like locked out of my Twitter. I couldn't tweet. I couldn't retweet. I couldn't like anything for like a couple of days, um, for like a whole week, and I was like super mad about it. Um, but I, they were saying something to me. And so then they had like, apparently they had looked on my Twitter and they're like, oh, she does this or whatever. And I was like, you know what? Go off, like whatever, do whatever you want. But I was like, don't go off, jump off a cliff. And so I got suspended for that. (laughs) But the person was like, I wonder why she says this. Like she does self-harm. Like, why would she tell someone this? And it's like right now in this moment, like, that's what I'm saying. Like when I hate when people perceive me, me doing self-harm is like self-harm isn't a like a personality trait. And right. it's really weird for someone to like weaponize that as well. Like not only do you now acknowledge that I'm 13, but you acknowledge that I do self-harm. Why are you bringing up? Like, why is that something to bring up? Luckily, I'm not the kid to get like, sen- like I'm sensitive about a lot of stuff. That's not something that I'm sensitive about. Um, but it's still like super weird that an adult would say that to a kid. Cause at the end of the day, I am a kid. Even if I like talk or like articulate myself really well, I'm a kid. It's kind of makes you untouchable in a way. Cause it's like, if you make a really good point, it's like, damn, she's 13. And like, that's so legit. And if you don't, it's like, I wipe my hands. I'm 13, man. You can't touch me. (laughs) Yeah. Which is kind of sad that my birthday's on Tuesday because I'm like, I, I don't get to say that I'm 13 anymore. Where it's like, well, oh, you're still 14. It's like, yeah, but like 14 year olds are in high school and they're doing all this Yo, other stuff. No, no, and no. Trust, like, like, I know you don't like the unsolicited advice and I'm not trying to go there too hard, but trust me, like 14 is pretty much as much of a flex as 13 is. Okay, okay. <laughs> that is the show thank you so much for listening subscribe if you are not yet review the show if you haven't yet rate it and i think that's it so have a great week and i will talk to you next week You can do them. Have faith. You're human. Only human. And human beings, they do miracles.